The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Feng Shui with Christina Hollinger. I am so glad you're here, and I'm so happy to be back. I took a couple weeks off for Thanksgiving, and I completely missed you. I love doing this show so very much, and it's just one of the most rewarding things ever. It's hard to believe we're actually coming up on one year of the podcast already. Um, Something that was really neat is Spotify did a one-year wrap-up summary of 2022 and how the show performed, but not only how it performed, like how many people it reached. If I were to have ever If you were to ever have asked me, you know, would I have my own podcast and would people be tuning in every single week? I would have believed you because it was a longtime dream of mine. But if you would have told me the guests that I've had on this show over the course of the first year, I don't think I would have believed you. I mean, having Wayne Dyer's daughters on the show was a pinch me moment. Having Ophi from the Astro Twins, someone who, yes, I've partnered and worked with, but it still is a pinch me moment that I've even worked with Ophi from the Astro Twins. Having her on the show was incredible. Starting this season with Colin Bedell, the the astrologer for Cosmopolitan. And now he is in a show written for the stars on Discovery Plus UK. It's incredible having these people and so many more, by the way, John Hillstead is an incredible manifesting coach. He was one of the top podcasts in season one. He's coming back for season two. All of this to say, if you were to tell me that the show would have had such incredible guests and such an incredible audience like you. I don't know if I would have believed that, but Spotify shared with me that there are 381 of you who have really put this show in your top 10 queue. 381 of you put this in your top 10, 255 of you put this in your top five playlist. And there are 88 of you who this is your number one go-to show. So that's incredible. I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. This week's episode is really interesting because I actually spoke to today's guest in August. I She was the first interview I did for season two. And for whatever reason, there was always another episode that was a little bit more relevant to the time. So for example, Colin Bedell, the astrologer of Cosmo, 
opened up season two because we talked about Mercury retrograde and I started this season two during Mercury retrograde. It was really pertinent information. It made total sense for him to kick off the season. Well, for whatever reason, divine timing is right now for you to meet Courtney Hansen, who is a influencer, mommy influencer turned spiritual healer. And even though this sounds a little bit like an oxymoron, she really is a spiritual influencer. And once you look her up, Courtney Hansen is the sweetest little life on Instagram and TikTok. You'll see what I mean. Like by how she's like a spiritual influencer, you'll understand what exactly what I mean when you find her. Um, but this is what I'll say. I'm not going to spend too much time introducing Courtney because I want to give you your 15 minutes of feng shui before we dive in. Here's what I will say though. You want to listen to this episode with adults only. And I don't normally have episodes like that, but this one in particular, she is extremely raw and vulnerable in her story about transformation. It's like a Phoenix rising from the ashes. She explains her struggles and her triumphs, and she doesn't hold back, which is a very high service because I know that it's going to help you heal and inspire you. She talks about her book within and the different archetypes, and she brings a very new manifesting method or two to this episode. I can't talk about it without blushing, but I will just tell you, you want to listen to this with adults only, and I will let her take it over because you know, my goal with this podcast is to help you to expand your manifesting toolbox. And that's exactly what Courtney is going to do for you today. All right, let's get into it. Um, Today for 15 minutes of feng shui, we are focusing on how you can elevate in your career, attract more money, and really just realign. I realize that this is a really busy season of shopping and we're busy thinking about presents and meal prepping for family who's going to potentially be coming over to our homes or whatever we're doing. And it's hard to even be thinking about our careers at this moment. And yet this is also a season of receiving. And as we're spending all this money, the natural flow is to receive it. And as we're giving gifts, the natural flow is to receive gifts in return. Now we don't give with the expectation to get anything in return, but there's a law of attraction. There's a law of balance and karma and yin and yang. And I just want to encourage you that today it's okay to focus on you for this moment. And it's okay to admit that you want more money, more ease in your career, whether this is a passion passion project or your actual day-to-day work, I want you to really just take a moment to take this in. And I'm going to be giving you something tangible that you can try after this episode. 
to really bring in more of what you desire, money, clients, opportunities into your career. And here's the key, do it without working harder. You know, Gabby Bernstein has taught me that I can do less to attract more. But then the follow-up question to that is, but how? How do I do less and attract more? Give me some methods. Because obviously we have to do something to get results. And in this episode of, you know, this next 10 minutes of feng shui, I'm going to talk about how you can do a feng shui adjustment. That's what you can do. And then you can step back and let the universe take over. Okay. So could it really be that easy? Could you imagine not trying harder or working more? but just shifting the energy in your space with intention in order to become a money and miracle magnet. I'm going to let you decide for yourself if it can truly be this easy. So let me first just share some of my own experiences and those of my clients of how applying feng shui, changing the energy of their home or whatever workspace they're in, how it's impacted them. So first of all, let's start with me. I always love to tell my story. And it's like, you don't, you have no idea. It's been 10 years that I've been practicing feng shui. And for many years, I just was like, okay, I know this stuff works because I had so many of my own testimonials. And now after doing this for several years and teaching others and having clients, it's nice to have other people's testimonials to really show you that this stuff does work and you don't just have to take my word for it. But I will share some of my own story too. And then of course, give you some client testimonials, but I actually applied feng shui to my classroom when I was a teacher and no joke, the one year that I applied feng shui with fidelity for the entire year, I was a sixth grade teacher. And that year during an open house, the superintendent of the school district literally knocked on my door to ask me if I was going to be applying for an administration position. And this is kind of like crazy that he said this, but he really did say this. I'm not making it up. He knocked on my door and asked me if I was going to apply for this new position, which would be a promotion for me. And he said, you know, when opportunity knocks and I was like, yeah, you got to answer the door. And it was like such a literal sign that I needed to walk through that door of opportunity and step into it. And, you know, If you've been following me for a while, and if you've read my book, Teaching from the Heart with Feng Shui, I kind of share how like that promotion came at the perfect timing because that was the same year that my husband had actually lost his job. Then he ended up getting a better job, which was fine. But I explained how all of this worked out. Interestingly enough, it's all career related. But yeah, like Feng Shui has really helped me because just by setting my intention and applying feng shui to my classroom, the opportunity literally knocked on my door. I also helped another teacher. She was a guest on my podcast. Her name's Kathleen Barney. I helped her to feng shui her classroom 
last school year. And interestingly enough, she also ended up getting a major, massive career change. Like it's within the school district, but she ended up getting a new position. This position ends up paying more money. So again, it wasn't something that she worked harder for, or she wasn't necessarily even seeking the opportunity, but it literally just came to her through her intentions and through the magic of feng shui. All right, here's a really good testimonial from a one-on-one client that I've had. She's worked with me for several years, so I've actually feng shuied a couple of her properties. She's the CEO of a boutique agency in Chicago, and the year that we first worked together, she grew her business 125% in revenue that year. She now has clients like Danielle Laporte and Marianne Williamson. I know, I can't even believe I'm saying that. I'm so happy for her. And yes, those are her new clients. Um, (laughs) And her and her husband are now building a new home on five acres of land. Um, And I don't want to get too much into the details, but like Marion Williamson reached out to her. And it's just one of those things where like, as you align the energy of your home, opportunities knock on your door and you don't have to force it. And so many times it looks different than what you could imagine. And that's the magic of feng shui. It's often better than you can imagine, right? Okay. I'm going to give you one more testimonial about how somebody applied a feng shui adjustment to their career space. Now, and when I say career space, like you could work from home, you can work in a cubicle, maybe you work at a coffee shop, wherever you work. I have a new program. It's called set up for success. And it's designed to help you set yourself up for success, no matter where you work. And this particular person, Laura, I asked her if I could use her testimonial and she applied a feng shui adjustment to her career area of her home, which is exactly what I'm going to teach you to do today. And that, that generated these results. Laura did a feng shui adjustment to the career area of her home and her husband ended up getting a job, but not only did he land a job that he had been wanting for months, but within less than six months, he received a promotion. And then when I asked Laura, if I could use this testimonial, she said, um, yeah, of course you can use it. And by the way, he's already gotten another promotion on top of that. So it's so exciting. And I can just say from my own experience of, you know, moving my desk, moving my husband's desk, moving his office space, doing all the feng shui things that I can do for my husband and for myself, I mean, I've experienced this too, where maybe my career doesn't experience a massive like influx of money, but then my husband's will, right? And so like sometimes if you are in a partnership, you don't even have, they don't have to even believe in feng shui, but like things can actually flow to them because you're sharing the space together, if that makes sense. So in this case, Laura's husband was the one who actually got this massive career bump, which was really noticeable 
and also really exciting for her. So what I've been told over and over is that my approach to feng shui is simple, effective, and modern, and that I can really help things to be simplified. And that's ultimately, that is my goal for, for, for you is just to provide you with feng shui adjustments that are really, really easy to apply and that generate results. And they can be so simple. You don't have to overthink it. And I just know that like this year, this time of year can be extremely stressful. In fact, I've been doing like EFT and different things like that um, to calm my nervous system because I know there's so much going on. But what if, you know, applying feng shui, doing a few adjustments in your home just made it so much easier for you. You could have more money so that you could buy the clothing, get the pedicure and invest in yourself and your business without any worries just by applying feng shui. It just brings in that money or it brings in more recognition for you. You know, if you desire more recognition from your clients, coworkers, customers, bosses, and leaders in the industry, then you can expand your business and feeling more appreciated will generate a lasting positive ripple effect in your bank account. This is possible through simple feng shui adjustments in your career. And in setup for success, we focus on, we also focus on your fame and reputation area. Because if you want that recognition, if you want to have those opportunities come to you and those clients DMing you every day, looking for what you have to offer, you're going to need to pay attention to fame and reputation. But for today, What I would like to do is share with you one thing that you can do today, and that is first, let's locate the career area in your home. The career area in your home is in the front center space upon entering. So for me, the career area does happen to be by my front door. For you, it might be somewhere else. And set up for success, I will take you through this process so that you really can identify where your career space is. And we're going to talk a lot more in depth about how to represent the water and metal elements, but both of those elements are going to be supportive of your career. Water represents money in feng shui. It represents the flow of energy and the exchange of money flowing into your life. Flowing in and flowing out, right? Because when you always give, you always have. That's a Chinese proverb. So if you're feeling stuck in your finances, try donating, tipping your barista a little extra, do a little something to get the money energy flowing. But you can also represent the money element and the the money element, the water element in your career through odd shapes, imagery of water. Just make sure that the imagery of the water is flowing into your home because you want the money flowing into your home, into your life. You can even add a mirror because a mirror is the water element. Mirrors are also very expansive energy. So it will expand your career and expand your career opportunities. Literally, if you just add one little water element, it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. 
it will generate ripples in your career. Now, instead of for success, there are so many more things that you can do. What I love about this program is you have instant access to set up for success. You have instant access to the eight ways to optimize your workspace for more money, recognition, confidence, and clarity. And then there's a live component to this course, which I love. So in February, we'll be meeting. And of course, the replay will be linked into your course into Kajabi, but during this live event, you'll have the opportunity to meet with me and ask me questions specific to your career area, or maybe you're a hairstylist or you have a lash studio and you want to know how to position yourself in your studio. And it's like, hopefully you can, honestly, you would be able to figure it out through the course, but like everyone has unique situations. And so if you're wondering if you're doing it right, you get to talk to me. And that's really a huge added bonus and benefit to set it up for success is that there's this live component to it. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do is to like meet with you and have an opportunity to kind of guide you and coach you through this. Um, so I'm really excited for you and I'm launching it now it's, um, the full moon is on 12, seven, this course will be available on 12, eight and 12, nine for pre-sale. And then after that, it's still going to be available, but if you want to take advantage of pre-sale, hopefully you're listening to this soon. Um, but promise you it's going to be super affordable for anybody who, I mean, considering what you're going to be able to generate from applying this start now before the new year, get it going. And then when we meet in February, you can ask any questions, um, or even share some of your successes, because I think that this is going to be a really powerful, powerful course for so many of you. And I'm so excited to bring you set up for success. So I will link that into the show notes and I look forward to hearing from you. I hope you can DM me or email me. Let me know if you're trying any of the feng shui adjustments I shared today in your career area. I really am here to help you create greater flow and greater ease in your life and more money because I believe we all deserve to experience abundance and prosperity. It doesn't matter where you came from. What matters is that you now have access to this incredible wisdom. I hope that you enjoy this episode with Courtney Hansen. She is a mom of three. She was a mommy influencer turned spiritual healer and influencer. She is an incredible entrepreneur, a beautiful, bright light and soul. And she has some incredible manifesting tools to share with you today. Ones that trust me, I will never share with you because they're certainly in her wheelhouse. So I will let you meet Courtney now. And if you have any questions about setup or success, click the link in the show notes so you can get all the details. Hope to see you there and enjoy the show. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for the power of radical imagination. 
a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, Courtney, thanks for being here today. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I really wanted to introduce my audience and my listeners to you, Courtney, because you and I actually met, I think it was like 2020. It was Mm -hmm. pandemic era. And you invited me to go on your podcast, The Sweetest Little Life. Do you remember that? Yes, absolutely. I don't even know how you found me, but I just remember you messaged me and I looked at your account and I was so excited because the way I interpreted you, my first initial reaction was like, oh my gosh, she is a spiritual influencer. And I didn't even know that existed, but like, if there was such thing as a spiritual influencer, I feel like that's you because you're just so out there with your message and you're a teacher and you just have such an incredible following really of people who are just so inspired by the multifaceted work that you do. And I think people are really they can relate to you so well. I know I do because you are a mother and you are so vulnerable and out there with your story. So maybe you can explain to everybody. Like, I just remember when you and I were about to go on your podcast, you actually were on a trip with your family and you decided to extend it impromptu. And then we pushed back the interview. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's like story of my life. Every trip, I feel like I I'm like, I'm going to go for this amount of time and it's always longer. But that just speaks to your personality. So tell me a little, do you, what, what trip was that? That was like at least two years ago. What trip were you on? And just like, yeah. what were you doing we, at that point in your life? Because a lot's changed since then, but I would just love to like take people back to like when we first met and like where you were in your journey at that point, it was before your book came out and you were just mm-hmm. like being a free spirit. Yeah. That was like really the first year after my spiritual awakening. I feel like I was so embodied in this like freedom. You know, I hate to say the word that you're ever healed because I don't think you truly are, but I feel like you get to this space of freedom within your body where you're like, you don't wake up wanting to go back to bed. And I was at that space for the first time my entire life. And I mean, my husband had just um, really gotten through something so rough in our marriage and worked that out. So that was our first trip as a family. And we went up to Stevenson, Washington to a getaway house and did like the road trip thing and um, did Klamath Falls, Oregon and all that, and then came back down. And that was really like just a time in my life where for the first time ever, I was like free to adventure and really be present when I had been so checked out for so many years before that. And so it was a really cool transitional fun time in my life. And it was so funny because at that point when the podcast, I just started my podcast and I would just scroll Instagram and I would like type in keywords or whatever, and then scroll and look for people. And I would only contact people who I felt just drawn to. And you were one of those people. So it was so funny that everything just worked out and here we are. (laughs) And it was, I love that you say pandemic era because I think it was like the beginning of the pandemic. Yes. I didn't see, I didn't know like when I 
talk to you that it was somewhat the beginning of your spiritual awakening, because to be honest, you seemed very established in what you were sharing with your community at that time. Can you tell me and tell the listeners a little bit more about your story? Like what was that spiritual breakthrough that really kind of, oh, can I, and also, can I tell the listeners too, I guess it's a little bit of a squirrely moment of me, but when we did talk on your podcast, finally, we connected, I learned that you had lived in Illinois for some time and that you were also a Cubs fan. And now you live in California and you have your business and everything that you do is out there, right? Yes. So listeners just had to know that. <laughs> yeah, have that in of common. course. <laughs> um, common denominator. Exactly. But yeah, so I didn't realize that you were kind of still at the beginning of your journey at that point. So could you take us back to really what the catalyst was for really the change? Because you were not always on this path that you are on now. Yeah, no, not at all. So everything happened really fast for me once once I decided to get into alignment. So how do I time lapse this? Um, You want the dirty details, I'm assuming? Please. I think that that's where we could be of highest service. You know, you just never know who could benefit from hearing the story. If you're whatever you're comfortable sharing. Oh yeah. I'm an open book. Just trigger warning for anyone listening. So I, um, had my oldest when I was 21 years old. And then, um, he was with my boss. It was a one night stand. It was still very much lost. I had a very abusive childhood, lots of abandonment issues, My mom was always in and out of my life. I was raised by my dad, who was very misogynistic, very, um, I say jump, you say how high. And um, my parents didn't know how to deal with me as I got older and I started rebelling. And so they would just send me off places. They would send me off to horse camps or send me to rehab or set for like smoking weed, normal teenage stuff. Like they had no idea how to parent because their parents didn't know how to parent. Now, after my healing journey, I truly realized the generational trauma that had been passed down, the abuse, the neglect, all the things. And it was just that they didn't have the skills to be able to parent me. So therefore I had no idea how to be a parent. I had no idea how to be a mother. So I have this baby, 21 years old. I think I'm grown. And, um, the, my son's father, was in the military and got PTSD and was off his rocker. Like I know everyone says their ex is crazy. My ex is like diagnosed sociopath crazy. So I had to get full custody of my son. And after that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a single mom. Like I'm going to be the very thing that I said I would never be. And I started to notice I was kind of following in my own mother's footsteps that I always said that I would never do. So she had my sister at 19. She was a single mom. She was married four times. And I'd always said, like, I would never cheat. I would never do this. I would never do that. All these nevers, right? Fast forward, I opened up this cleaning business and I own hair salons and I'm a hot mess express. And so I'm trying to do all the things. And I meet my husband cleaning his house and I never thought I would date him. I was like, oh, there's no way. And we fall in love and what I think is living happily ever after. And I have everything looking really good on the outside. So he's a firefighter. I have my daughter at 27 and life is good. Like I have the siblings. I feel like I have this happily ever after I'm married. I'm never getting divorced. I have the perfect marriage. I bought the house. I had the cars. I had all the materialistic things. And inside I was constantly battling this inner demon of depression and anxiety and not not being enough ever. And so 
for me. I lean more towards the perfectionist aspect. And I was like, I'm just going to be the very best mom I can be. Well, what happened was I became this, I had an Etsy shop and that was my job when my daughter was born. And I made all these cute little things and I crafted and I was like the Pinterest mom. And I volunteered five days a week at their school. And I lost Courtney. I had no idea who I was. And now I hate to say I lost myself because I don't think I ever had myself. I never gave myself that opportunity to love me because I was never good enough. So fast forward, it was 2018. We had tried and tried and tried to have another baby. I was not getting pregnant. And I found out I was pregnant with my son, Tristan. And he, the minute I got pregnant, I was just sick, like deathly sick. I'd never had a bad pregnancy. They were all, I was glowing. I was happy. I was good. I was never really healthy in my pregnancies just because at that time in my life, I didn't take care of myself in general. I didn't work out. I didn't eat well. Um, I did all the things you weren't supposed to do. And so with my youngest, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this great. I'm going to do wonderful. And I was literally puking all day long. I had to literally be on bed rest for my entire pregnancy. And then at seven and a half months pregnant, I woke up one day and my water broke. My water's never broken. I have C-sections and my son was like, oh, time to come. So his little spirit decided to come into the world early. And here's the thing. I was so codependent with my children that when my son had to go to the NICU and I was sitting in that bed recovering from a C-section by myself because my husband was at home with my other two children, I felt the most devastating emptiness I've ever felt in my life. Like I felt like someone had taken something for me. I was pissed at the hospital. I was mad at the nurses. I was just resentful. And all of these emotions started to come up from childhood, my own childhood. And I was like, what, what is this? Why is this happening? So when I was able to go home and I went home without my son, he had to stay in the NICU. The first thing I did was I poured a glass of wine because I was like, I can't, I can't deal with how I'm feeling right now. So I'd had the C-section which. For women who have had that, your hormones already take a massive drop because it's not a natural production of the ways your hormones come down from giving labor. And then after that, since he came early, I had another massive drop when he was supposed to come. And I couldn't breastfeed because he was in the NICU. So there's another massive drop of all that natural serotonin that you're supposed to be getting and that bonding that you're supposed to be having, I didn't get. So I had three massive hormone drops and I had what was postpartum depression. At the time, I had no idea. I'd never even thought that was a real thing. I just thought that that was something people kind of did as a cop-out to get more time off work. And again, raised by a misogynistic male. So this is the things I had heard. And it was always like, buck up, push forward. You got this. Like, you're fine. You're stronger than this. Don't be a pussy. Things like that is what I was told growing up. So for me, I was like, oh my gosh, like what is wrong with me? I still have to be this mom. And then I found out that my husband got a promotion and he was going to be gone for six months. So I'm like, oh my God, I have this newborn premature baby that weighs four pounds. I have no idea what to do. I have my oldest had just gotten diagnosed with autism and then my middle who is very spirited. And so I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And so I would push, push, push. And I got on the hamster wheel throughout the day. And then at night time, I would just drink. And so it started off with a bottle of wine and it proceeded forward. And that was how I survived for a little while. Well, after a few months of my husband's being gone, I got super lonely and I had no friends. I have no family. So I had my kids and I had turned into a raging alcoholic. 
And at this point, I, I just didn't know what to do. And an ex had texted me randomly out of the blue on Instagram. So it started off just someone to talk to, someone giving me attention. And I kept telling my husband, something's wrong, something's wrong. But he didn't know all of the trauma I had been through in childhood because I never told him that. I feel like I never gave him, even married with a kid, 100% of me. It was always like 60% because I didn't want him to judge me. I didn't want him to leave me. I had this terror of like, again, being abandoned. And so long story short to time lapse this, I ended up after a few months, I had an affair. It was a one-time thing. And I couldn't live with the guilt. I couldn't live with the shame. It started to eat at me. It was like killing me. So here I am with postpartum depression. My affair, I got caught right away because I'm a horrible liar, right? So I get caught right away. I'm like, my marriage is ending. I think I'm getting a divorce. My kids are going to get taken from me because I'm drinking all the time. And one day I woke up and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't repeat what my mom and my dad did to me, to my children. Like, I love them too much to do this to them. And I was like, everyone in the situation is going to be better off without me because I, I, I can't figure out how to heal myself. I don't know what to do. I've gone to therapy. I've gone to this. I've gone to that. Nothing works. And the only time I feel any relief is if I'm drunk. And so I ended up checking into a holiday in at four in the morning and was, had every plan to drink myself to death and just not wake up. So I did just that and attempted to uh, commit suicide. And then in that hotel room, I was on the ground crying. And I was like, why can't I just go? Like, I just want to go. And I got this god awful scent of passion, which was the perfume that my grandmother wore, who was my person until she passed away lung cancer when I was 12. Um, she raised me. She is the reason that I have the integrity and the morals of who I am today. And she was just an incredible woman. And I heard her voice say, you're not done. And I was like, what the heck? And I had spiritual gifts when I was younger. And I totally turned them off when I was about 11 or 12 because it freaked me out. And I was like, mm mm. And this was the first time spirit, anything had come back there from the other side. So I was just beside myself. And so, you know, I obviously wasn't done then because I had to like prove a point. So four or five days goes by and I finally went back home and I had to detox off of alcohol. And I don't know whoever is listening, but the detox off of alcohol is worse than a detox off of heroin. It is the most brutal thing. I don't wish it upon my worst enemy. So I literally laid on a bathroom floor puking blood, having seizures, sweating, like it was horrible. And I really thought I was going to die at that point. And my husband had found a trauma therapist for me to go to. And I was like, I don't have trauma. I don't need to go to a trauma therapist. And he's like, well, I'm not bringing the kids back from my parents unless you agree to go to this. And so I was like, okay, I'll do anything. So I checked in with this trauma therapist and her name is Julianne and she changed my entire life. And so checking in with her, I started to really begin my healing process. And I'll never forget, I was sitting there and I walked in and I was just blubbering, right? Like this hot mess. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm just horrible. Like I've done this, 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 and this, and I just want to get better. And it's, this is all my fault. And she looked me dead in the eye and she, can I cuss on here? Yeah. <laughs> okay. She looked me dead in the eye and she was like, um, your parents are so fucked up. And I was like, what? And I was like, no, I'm the fucked up one. And she was like, no, 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 no. She's like, you've had so much trauma 
And she's like, you have never dealt with being molested as a child. You've never dealt with this. You've never dealt with that. And all of these memories started to come back. And she taught me about the subconscious, the unconscious and the conscious mind. And we started to really work on pulling out these things from the subconscious mind and all these beliefs that I had. And she told me, she was like, I think you should go back to school. I think you should switch what you're doing right now and go back to school. And at the time I was an influencer. I was a mommy influencer, right? So was posting how to be a fabulous mom. Well, behind the scenes, I was drinking two bottles of wine every night. Like I'm sure every, you know, I'm going to say a good portion of influencers do. And I was not living in alignment. I was living this double-edged life and it was, it was horrible. And so my dad kept telling me, I'm going to expose you. I'm going to expose you for who you really are. And finally my, my therapist goes, why don't you expose yourself? And I was like, Oh, Oh God, no. Like no one can know who I am. No one can know I had a drinking problem. No one can know any of this. And I didn't do AA and stuff for me. It was a, just a bandaid for my trauma. But what I did do is I did just that. I told my story. I was terrified. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm probably gonna get a divorce because my husband's gonna be triggered that I'm talking about the affair openly. Um, who I had the affair was gonna be hard. I was like just creating these scenarios in my head that were not the truth. And my husband goes, I think you should write a book with your trauma letters in it. And this was after I went to school and I, oh, I missed a huge chunk there. I went back to school during this to be a trauma therapist, to study trauma, to study neuroscience. Um, I ended up getting my 500 hour yoga and Reiki just because I became so passionate about holistic healing and no one had ever introduced that to me. No one had held it in a way that was tangible for everyone. It was always like this kind of like sacred little off box for this like group of people. And I was like, wait, once I figured out that this could change any woman's life, I was like, oh, everyone should be doing this, whether they've had trauma or not, you know? And so I really wanted to create these custom modalities. And I was like, I, I, I have these modalities. I know what works. I've talked to enough people that I know how the brain works. I know how we're firing neurons when we've experienced these traumatic experiences. And people associate trauma with like getting hit by a car, or seeing someone get shot. Trauma is simply something that changes your behavior. It, it's a pattern that disrupts your life. And so it doesn't have to be that. And it looks different for everyone. And there's, you know, small T trauma and there's big T trauma. So we have different levels of it. Everyone I'm willing to bet that's listening has experienced some sort of trauma, whether that's being bullied in school, whether that's parents, whether that's an outside, you know, boyfriend that was really traumatic breakup, things like that. Everyone's experienced some level of it. And so my husband like kind of gave me that permission slip that I needed And he is the only person in my entire life who has ever showed me what unconditional love is and truly stuck by my side through some really brutal things. Like my healing journey was not sexy. Like there were nights that I couldn't get off the floor and, oh, I missed a giant part. I went to the doctor to get help and I explained how much I was drinking. I was super truthful um, during my postpartum right after I had my son. This is before anything happened. And they put me on Prozac and Xanax. Apparently, I'm allergic to Prozac, and it makes me completely black out. And so me and my husband got in a fight, and I went to go leave in my car, and he went to go grab the keys from the ignition because I was on Xanax and had no business driving. And I bit the back of his arm, and we got in a huge fight that escalated. I ended up calling the cops on him, and I got put in jail for the night. And in there, I was like, oh my gosh, something has to change. And shortly after that was when... I checked into the hotel. That was a big monumental part of the story though. But moving forward, 
I started just writing and gathering my personal trauma letters and started doing a bunch of research on things. And I kept running across um, Jungian psychology. And I just related to it so deeply that you were allowed to integrate all these pieces of yourself, almost like IFS, which is internal family systems. So will we have ourselves. And then we have all these little pieces of ourselves, right? So we have like the inner mean girl, we have the firefighters, we have this, we have that, we have all these parts to ourselves that make us us. And to truly be free, you have to integrate all aspects of yourself. You can't just be like all love and light. And I think when I got that, my entire world changed. And so I really started when I wrote the book, I was like, you know what, I'm going to write it through COVID. I'm going to just have fun. I'm writing it and really work on my family and my relationships. And I shared my story publicly and I had thousands of women reach out to me and be like, and I was terrified when I hit that like post button. And, but at the same point, everyone had watched me publicly fall on my face too. I had left for Seattle for a few weeks. I, I was a hot mess and everyone knew I was a hot mess. And so I had all these women start reaching out to me and be like, I struggled with postpartum or I've had an affair. I've had this, I've had that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only person who feels like this. And it was like this veil had lifted and I felt heard and I felt safe in sharing my story because for so long I felt that people were going to judge me or I was going to be outcast. And when you care so deeply about what people think about you, you have like this little jail cell around you, right? Like you can never be truly authentically you because you're always so concerned about what that person's going to be you're always masking to try and fit in with that those people and I realized when I got to that space of like I don't care like I don't care anymore if people like me I just the only thing that matters is my family and so we started traveling and I became super passionate about kind of just studying for a year and for a year I literally went within that's where the book came from I just channeled in and studied all I could and learned all I could and listened to all the people that I could. And I started my podcast and I wanted to speak to women who inspired me and learn from them. And so I started interviewing all these women and I was like, oh my gosh, everyone has something. Everyone has something, right? Like we're not alone on this island, naked, left out to dry. And when I realized that my book all came together so naturally, um, because I was able to really figure out how to embody each archetype because I was embodying each archetype. I was having to go through all those integrated parts of myself. And then I was like, this needs to be out there. Like all these modalities need to be out there for someone just to pick up and do on their own. Cause not everyone has the means or makes sense for them to go to therapy. Not everyone can go to a retreat. Not everyone can go do these different things. And healing is not a one size fits all. Like everyone resonates differently. And I wanted to deliver that in a way that women could access, you know, like it could be at your own pace. It could be, no one has to know you're doing it, but you're able to have these huge aha moments. And that is how Within came about. Oh my gosh, Courtney, there's so much I want to say to that, but (laughs) ultimately I, you know, this podcast in particular, I say is to help listeners to expand their manifesting toolbox. So I've interviewed astrologers, numerologists. I've got someone who's a human design expert coming on. These are all modalities and things that I have explored myself. And I do believe that there is a guidebook to life. And when you're ready to explore a different modality, 
it will come up for you at the right time, exactly when you need it. So Mm -hmm. I do feel like for me, this is something new when you talk about the archetypes, but it also makes a lot of sense to me. Um, In fact, you and I were talking before the recording, we were talking a little bit about your book and you shared that you, you introduce your readers to 12 archetypes, which essentially is like the 12 different somewhat personalities, would you say that we can all embody? Is that correct? I mean, I'm here to learn. I want to say so much more about your story and I just want to thank you, you know, for sharing your whole story with listeners, because I really did not know the every single detail that you just shared. And I, it's interesting for me to piece this all together, because as I shared, I met you in 2020, which was really like, was the sweetest little, before we go into the archetypes, was the sweetest little life account that you have now the same as your mommy influencer account? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So it just sort of evolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So like how, I can't remember exactly when I was on your show, but would you say that you had just recently come out within like six months with your story at oh, yeah. that point in time? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Absolutely. It was like right before COVID hit that I decided to publicly come out with what was really going on in my life. Amazing. So that's just really cool how we were able to connect and find each other. And it's it's, I don't know if funny is the word, but it's interesting how I perceive you as what I called a spiritual influencer, because you really are an influencer. And I mean, anyone listening, if you're posting anything on social media or teaching anything on social media, you are an influencer because whoever has eyeballs on, on you is being influenced by whatever it is that you're saying or teaching. Um, but it's just kind of interesting because you really evolved in a way that just is like, it, it's just like, it's still Courtney, but it is just so raw and you are a teacher. I love how you brought up neuroscience. You always connect everything that you do to science and you're just, you're so smart. And I'm just so grateful that you've gone down this path because imagine if you hadn't stepped into your own authentic, authentic self. I mean, I can't even imagine like you're, you're just helping heal thousands, like you said. So this is incredible. Um, let's keep the learning going, shall we? Would you mind yes. introducing us to a couple archetypes? Am I saying that right? Arch- yeah. Archetypes. Ar- archetypes. You're there. Yeah. Let me know. I, I, we both, um, by the way, we both published our books with Balboa Press, which is a division of Hay House. So mm-hmm. I do love that common denominator as well that we have. <laughs> I know. I was so excited when I decided that. So I would love to say that I have it all memorized, but so I um, okay. actually it's oh well now that you said 12 I'm like oh my gosh someone's gonna get it and there's not gonna be 12 so we have in the book there's we start off with the inner child and that's really tapping into inner child healing because when little you is screaming crying throwing a tantrum wanting to be heard and you are just suppressing um you're going to continue to have those behavioral patterns in your life. You're going to continue to self-sabotage. So I start off with that which is not necessarily an archetype and then we dive into the sacred feminine archetypes and there are you know, originally I was going to do seven and then there were some more that I felt needed to be added in just because they were so important for us as we grow. And when you hear archetypes, most people only talk about the uh, maiden, the mother and the crone. 
So the maiden is like the adolescent you, right? The mother is obviously after you become a mother. And then the crone is like the older version of you, your highest self, things like that. So a lot of times when you hear archetypes, those are the three that you'll hear associated with. And they're also associated with the moon, all of that. So you're gonna be like, oh, I've heard of that. Well, it goes so much deeper. So in the book, we have the maiden, obviously the mother. We have the huntress, which is one of my favorites. We have the wise woman, the crone, the wild woman, the mystic the lover, the queen, the sage, the healer, the creatrix, the enchantress, and the priestess. So we cover a lot. And each chapter is all about the archetype, all about the archetype shadow, right? Because that whole duality. And then we go into how to embody it with different modalities of healing for that archetype, for that aspect of ourselves. So it's really a book that you can go to at any time in your life that you feel like you're going through a transition and tap back into that version of you. But, you know, the wild woman is kind of talked about quite a bit. So I thought today it would be really fun if we touch base on the lover, which was the first one that came to mind, which is so funny, and the queen. And so... We'll start off with the lover. And so the lover in general is truly, I think today we'll talk about since it's manifestation based, maybe we'll talk about some fun uh, sex magic because that can be really fun to kind of dive into. I wanted to pull it up what we were talking to just so I can quote some stuff in it. That's all for part one with Courtney Hansen, the sweetest little life from mommy influencer to spiritual healer. Tune in for next week where we share part two. See you then. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor. And in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.